All right, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe where we serve you delightful, slightly intense, but definitely worthwhile conversations. A podcast focused on bringing people together by drinking, listening, and conversing. So grab your favorite drink and let's see what's on today's menu. I am Sean, I'm your host, and today you are on episode 40. Episode 40 is detoxification of toxic relationships. Um, And, you know, here at the cafe, we always have something um, to drink on while we have this conversation. And I am drinking on some hot tea, and I am joined in the cafe by Christian. Say hello to the people, Christian. Hello. All right, Christian, and what are you drinking on today? I am not drinking on anything. I had a wow, bro. I had a bunch of coffee this morning, so I'm a little like jittery, and I also had a ton of water, so that's why I didn't want to drink anything. Because if I drink something now, I will definitely be getting up mid conversation, and I didn't want to do that. All right, so are you ready to get into today's conversation? Yeah. So let's go to the bar. So. What's on the menu today at Peeps Creek? Hot stuff coming up. All right, so we are here at um, Peeps Creek, the cafe. This is episode 40. It is entitled Detoxification of Toxic Relationships. And Um, To spearhead that conversation, we are going to talk about um, some events that occurred in 2000, between 2006, 2018, excuse me, 2016 and 2018 in good old Shreveport, Louisiana. Is that right? Yes. Have you, have you ever been to Louisiana? Nope. Mardi Gras? Another? No. I've never been to Mardi Gras. What do you, why have you been to Louisiana? Why would I go? You need to visit everywhere in the United States. I'm I'm okay. We're in a pandemic. Okay. Is that just because of the pandemic or you no, said... No, I just haven't gone. But you've already communicated that you wanted to go to Mardi Gras. Is that accurate? Yeah. yeah. But I haven't gone. And that's New Orleans. I wouldn't go to uh, whatever... Shreveport, Louisiana is not that far from New Orleans. Well, I wouldn't go and explore Louisiana. I would go to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. Okay. And that's about it. All right, so we are going to talk about a case that occurred um, in 2018 is when it kind of um, sparked headlines um, relating to a couple, well, actually two individuals. Um, I think there has been multiple interpretations as to whether or not they were a couple or just sexual partners, what have you. But for the purposes of this um, conversation, I'm going to refer to them as being in a relationship. Would you disagree with that? No, I'd say it was like an open relationship in their own way. All right. So we are down. I've said this before, but I love saying that word Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, We are um, visiting two individuals um, that I think both of them came from Cato Heights, which is in Shreveport, um, Louisiana. It is a community that is primarily um, um, Mm African-American and individuals who know anything about Cato Heights has indicated um, that it is kind of an impoverished area, but people's spirit is still high. Would you kind of agree with that interpretation of what we, at least what we saw? Yeah. All right. And the girl we were talking about, she was one of like, I want to say the most popular, a very popular person there mm-hmm. everyone kind of knew her right and the spotlight on facebook right facebook live social media yeah but apart from that everyone kind of knew her as like a 
bright, spirited, lovely person. Right. Everyone really liked her. A, a go-getter. Sure. Yeah, because she's like started her own business and all true, that. Like true. she was a go getter. All right. So who we're talking about? Let's put some um, names to this. It is Renita. They call her Nunu Williams. She was twenty seven at the time that she died. Just disclaimer um, out there. Let me spoiler alert. Um, she ultimately is victimized, um, and what I'm going to cor- categorize as a horrific um, domestic violence situation dealing between two individuals who were involved with each other. And then we are. Um, we have a Jonathan Robinson, who was 36 years old at the time of his um, actions in this particular case. Now, before we start talking about um, the end result, um, the toxic aspect of the relationship, let's talk a little bit about who these two individuals were, as at least as we understood. Now, disclaimer, we don't have any kind of personal relationship from uh, with either of them or their families, um, but it is something that we saw on TV um, on the ID channel and then some additional research and, and listening to um, kind of some confession tapes or conf- um, confession from Jonathan Will- um, Robinson about what happened. But um, Renita Williams it was a 27-year-old, as I said. She was a mother of three. At the time, she had a three, 13-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 4-year-old. Um, and she also had two older brothers and her mom. I think her and her mom lived together as well as maybe, at least as it was presented, at least one of the brothers lived there yeah. in the house with them or was at least around all the time. So Renita was an individual who, as I understand, um, enjoyed social media. Facebook, to be exact. Okay, Facebook, to be exact. And why do you make that um because that's all they think they talked about. It, it was no Instagram. It was no, it was always just Facebook. And um, a lot of it was her putting her feelings and thought processes out there on Facebook without any indication or care about what other people's thought. Yeah. Right. Uh, very outspoken. Very outspoken. And there's n- nothing wrong with that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of her models that individuals um, said her model was hated by many, confronted by none. That was her model. And actually, if you still go to her um, Facebook page, you will see that model at the very top um, of her, her page, as well as some of her additional posts. And I think you get an indication or a glimpse uh, that she was an individual who knew what she wanted, knew what she meant to say, and said what she said, how she said it, how she felt it. Yeah. Um, all right. So talk us a little bit about this relationship. Tell us a little bit that you recall um, about the relationship as we understand it. Well, from what they showed in the documentary, um, it was Renita and Jonathan. They were in, I am going to say open relationship, but it was kind of one-ended. What what do you mean one-ended? Jonathan had another lady that he was seeing in Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was about four hours away from Renita lived. And Renita, they were both aware of each other. Um, so they both knew that Jonathan was seeing both of them. And that, and, and just for clarity, that person's name is Sharika Taylor. Sharika Taylor, yes. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And she was 38 at the time? 36. 36. Um, oh, no, she was 38. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. she, she was, was older. older. Um, and yeah, uh, so he was kind of possessive. He didn't, I don't think he wanted her to be seeing anyone else but why why do you say it was one ended you said it was a one ended relationship open relationship what does that mean um again like he didn't want her seeing anyone else but he could do that he could go and like 
have a whole nother mistress even though they weren't married um i think he, her and sharika were married right him and sharika were married no no they were not married he oh, okay. was just with her for about four or five years allegedly yeah. according to him um but they lived together in houston texas mm-hmm. um but i uh, yes as as presented in the documentary it showed um that the relationship was quote unquote the sense of Jonathan Robertson had the ability to mingle with, have relations with um, Sharika. Sharika. And Renita. He lived with Sharika. And then when he would drive and visit um, Renita, he would drive, visit, and um, they would have their type of relationship. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I think it is clear, at least as it was presented, that um, that she could not date see or interact with any other males yeah right now you catapult that and fast forward to when he gives his confession and what he indicates um is that they were not in relationship they They were just sleeping butters yeah that same day or that weekend right they had had sex um but but when he was asked about the extent of their relationship he kept saying that we were not in a relationship um, that we were not a couple, we were never a couple, we were just hanging out with each other. Essentially, what he tries to convey, yeah, uh, do that. All right, so, um, which let me just say the documentary and his confession polar opposite, yeah, it like what we saw in the documentary was not what he said, kind of was the same thing, but kind of not. Like, there were details that he said he mentioned that, um, were not. Like what? Mentioned, like the whole Sharika thing and how she was unstable and suicidal. She and had a mental, mental illnesses yeah, and all he, that. He claimed she had a mental illness. Yes. Yeah. Um, and like, claimed that Renita knew about the the mental Ill- illness. And as a result of her knowledge yeah. of that, she latched on to that and attacked Sharika based upon her mental. Is what he alleges. Yeah. Which I feel like that was a very important thing. If renita knew about it or if anyone else knew about it because i'm pretty sure renita would have told her like cousins because they were best friends um salt and pepper um if she knew about it i'm pretty sure she would have told her so what are you saying that 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 was something important that they i'm not like um saying that i'm not trying to like um give an excuse give an excuse for jonathan and what he did but that they just missed a lot in the documentary that I feel like should have been put in there. Assuming that's true. Yeah, assuming right? that's true. Assuming that's true because what we don't hear from is we, in the documentary, you don't hear um, any commentary from um, Jonathan's perspective, either through his or friends Sharika, or, yeah. or family or Sharika, either through herself or her friends. But quite frankly, I mean, honestly, what I would say is this. I think that the intent and purpose of that documentary was to show the victim's perspective and not really give um, a platform um, for for Jonathan or Sharika. And quite frankly, I don't care if it's true or not about her mental state. At the end of the day, it had no reason or justification for the actions that occur in the end result. Right? she was well well aware of what he was doing. Right. And both of the females, at least according, both Renita and Sharika were aware of each other. So, yeah. With that perspective, let's take it, pause it for a moment about the documentary, and let's just talk that through in regards to the whole topic of detoxification um, of toxic relationships. Um, And so neither one of us are expert witnesses, excuse me, experts in relationships, right? I'm a little toxic. I'm just kidding. Okay. Then you have some personal (laughs) hand 
You have some personal perspective of what toxicity in relationship. No, I'm not toxic. Okay. I'm just kidding. Now, so why, do, first of all, do you think that that scenario, the scenario of Sharika and Renita on opposite ends of one another with Jonathan in the middle and him having access to both, it seemed as if at his whim and at his pleasure, um, did you find that set up to be toxic? Of course. Why? Because it's always like anyone that has like an open or even if you want to say like friends with benefits or an open relationship, I feel like at some point if you're hanging out with someone so much, you're going to end up like catching feelings and it's not going to end pretty because he was he was never he wasn't going to leave Sharika. And he also didn't want to leave Renita or have, let Renita live her life. But why do you, why, why, why do you think he wasn't going to leave either one? Because he was still coming back. And in the documentary, like showed, um, like once they, Renita was like, it's over, we're done. He wouldn't leave her alone. She went on dates. His friends would follow them and take pictures, send it to her, this and that. And then send it uh, to him send it to him and he'll send it to her she, she blocked him on everything he showed up at the club and like he was just possessive according to the documentary yeah um so so from my perspective uh, let me let me answer this way from a general general perspective and then as it relates to the facts as we understood them from this particular situation is that situation in and of itself a setup for toxicity? I don't know. I don't think so. I think that if people know and have forward communication, right, and expectations are set and understood, I think pres presumably it could work, which is why you have... Um, I think I talked about this on one episode, either it was a happy hour or something, or maybe the relationship went out of ghosting, the polyamorous um, relationships. There's a whole documentary on stars. I think it's stars or HBO, one of them about, I think like three seasons of couples being in these polyamorous relationships because the perspective is, is that you can love multiple people and be involved with multiple people without it being toxic because everyone understands. Now, that's from a general perspective. But with what with that said, what I gleaned from those um, relationships in that documentary is what you just said. Inevitably, someone's feelings or someone's perspective gets out of line about what the communication is or what the expectation is, is for this three-way, right? Um, and in this particular situation, I would say that from the fact-specific Related to Renita, um, Jonathan, and Sharika, it was toxic from the beginning. Um, and I think that it was toxic from the beginning because I don't think there was clear communications about who's who, who had, who was considered the girlfriend, who was not considered a girlfriend, who was considered potentially a side piece, who was not considered a side piece. And at the end, I felt like both women began to attack each other instead of attacking the motherfucker who should have been attacked well, was which was Jonathan say, I was about to say that yeah I think that uh, social media didn't help at all and the fact that like they were both going at each other because there were words exchanged through Facebook All it was um, like it, it every wasn't single post, a phone call yeah, right? every like, single post was to like get at each other mm -hmm. and let me just say I feel like you have some sort of like fantasy with like polyamorous relationships and why? I don't know. You've talked about it so much. Because I, I, 
it's not I think that it is an important perspective. I think people can love different people at the same time. The strength and level of that love, I think, takes a different step. But I think you're also taking the perspective that polyamorous means sex with multiple people at the same time. I'm not even talking about the sexual aspect. I'm talking about specifically the concept of love. I take it the same perspective of if you have multiple children you can love all of your children and you can love them differently but always make them feel loved i think um so from my perspective i do think that there is the ability to love i don't think it's equal i think even with people who are well let's take it outside of a relationship you're you have brothers and sisters do you feel like y'all all are loved the same equally no, but I feel like as a parent, you can't like I. Parenting wise, I feel like that's different. Like if we're sticking with like this, right? Like the the show, mm-hmm. they're talking about a relationship, and I don't know. I feel like that can get very sticky. I don't even if you like have communication, I feel like it could still end up like a mess. From my perspective, I mean, we don't have to agree. Yeah. The fundamental perspective of love, I think, can be shared amongst multiple people. Um, but it's important for people to, at least from my perspective, that it can't be equal, no matter how you you di- divvy up. True. All right. Um, so back to what I was saying, I felt like the setup between these three were t- was toxic from the beginning. Um, I don't think... I mean, again, I wasn't involved in there. I don't know them personally, but just by what 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 we were able to view, the stories between the mom from the mom from the brother from the cousin, um, and listening to the confession and doing additional research, I don't think there was clear communication in regards to who was who and what in that relationship. Is yeah. what I'm saying. Okay. So. The further complication of that is the advent of social media, right? Um, so, what do you think about that? Do you think that had there had there not been social media in the middle, that perhaps um, the confusion between the three could have dissipated? Um. There's a chance of that, yeah. Um, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like they mentioned on on the documentary that Renito was ready to settle down, this and that. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't going to happen with Jonathan. He didn't want to settle down. He wanted to keep what they had. Mm-hmm. So I feel like at one point, Renito would have gotten tired either way. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe would have ended the same way. She just wouldn't have had a platform where she could go off the way she did. Okay. Now, let's talk about the social media posts. Did you feel that um, she was, she being Renita, at any point was wrong in regards to how she approached things using her social media? Um, I feel like from the documentary and which how it portrayed how her personality and everything was um some of the posts that she posted may not have been directly to sharika um 
but I could see how Sharika would see it that way. Mm-hmm. So then she would post something else and it would just be a back and forth type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't think she really, other than the video, but I mean like Sharika made that video first. And if you want to What, what video? I guess we might as well say what happened. Um, so Sharika made a video, posted a video or went live on Facebook saying that like, um, Renita was like stealing her man and like, still contacting her this and that and um then renita went live and was like let me get this let me put this straight like i broke up with him he's my ex-boyfriend um and basically still chasing she's still chasing her mm-hmm. me this and that and that was that and I, that's what like set sharika and jonathan off or jonathan off mainly um and yeah i think that was that like um ending of everything yeah in a way yeah but i i mean i i'm i don't think anything that she posted like i went and looked at some of the posts yeah she said what she had to say like it's her at the end of the day it's her facebook i think sharika and jonathan had the ability the option to just not follow her or yeah. don't look at her stories or don't look when she goes live or don't look at her posts um now i i know there are some complications with that allegedly in regards to sharika purportedly having some kind of mental issues okay i'm saying allegedly and purportedly not because i don't believe them but because we only hear that from the confession that jonathan gives to the police right um the recorded confession okay but putting that aside I do feel like social media, particularly in today's society, that social media um, plays a big role in relationships unnecessarily. And I think, to, in my opinion, to the detriment of relationships, like some folks be like, oh, you, you never post me. Why don't you post me this, that and the third? But your relationship really is about the folks who are in it. And the more you give access to people who may not have your best interest in heart, who may not want you to succeed as a couple or putting that aside, who just are um, miserable and misery loves company. And in regards to that, I'm like, so why be like friends or follow or whatever with those type of people? If you know that's the type of people they are. But you don't know that. I mean, you don't know. I mean, you don't you don't have. Social media, you don't have a personal interaction with every person you follow or who follows you. You don't have an intimate relationship with them. You don't sit and go out and have intimate um, conversations about you as a person with these people. These are just networks of folks, right? True. And so... If you... if, if, If that was the perspective, I think most people would only have... 10 or 15 followers because those are the people maybe if even that large people who you would consider personal friends yeah right now maybe what people do is now that the advent of the close friend circle on instagram maybe that's a solution to it but still it's like social media i do think um gets in a way to the detriment of relationships because i feel like you start focusing on pleasing other people like like for instance this whole Derek jackson i don't know if you even saw it and his wife i don't know who that is yeah they got on um fa- uh instagram to talk about him ha- cheating he's uh, this relationship um quote unquote guru 
um, who now takes the perspective of preaching and teaching folks allegedly how to have successful, healthy relationships. And it's all supposed to be guided by principles of God, X, Y, and Z. So he went on, they went on Instagram together, posted like an eight minute video. If you look at the video, you could see that the two of them together in that video, in that moment, is odd. It's tension, obviously, that they're trying to convey that they are okay, right? And then she goes later and posts a, a seven-minute video with her wearing like this army fatigue and a hat. And she's talking about she got the breastplate of righteousness and the bonnet of <laughs> the hat of armor or something, trying to, once again... Um, defend her relationship with this person and mm-hmm. I'm like why do you need to do all that that is for the intimacy of you and the other individual yeah. involved um, and and so the cataclysm that happens with that is you have social media you have two people trying to be in a relationship and trying to be in a relationship with all of their followers and I just don't think that's healthy I think it's, it's toxic I think that it begins to take away from um what you're doing in that relationship does that make sense yeah no i agree with that all right because it looked like i was boring you use <laughs> no it's the coffee like, like oh, shut the hell up all right okay so let's go back to this situation so renita then says look this isn't working for me right um this little three-way whatever is going on yeah she breaks it off she breaks it off right she starts and <laughs> goes on facebook goes on facebook i'm, I'm single, single ready to mingle blah 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 boom 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 right so then she started um meeting and i think start dating this guy named nordy yeah right? they, he they met at a club he right. asked for her number right and he knows her cousin yeah. trina and one thing led to the other and they started um Dating, dating yeah. because at one point there's some text message communications, if accurate, that says she says I love you yeah. to him, right? But while they are out, like out and about together, like what happens? Um, some of Jonathan's friends pull up. So Jonathan still had a lot of friends in the area that Renita lived in, and um, they pull up in a car and they were taking pictures. And at the time, uh, what was his name? The mm-hmm. Which one? Nordy? Nordy is the date, right? Yeah. Yeah, Nordy. Uh, he wasn't aware of everything that was going on. Uh, so he was like, what's going on? And Renita tries to play it off. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, but they're clearly taking pictures of them. Or videos or yeah, something and, and sending it to him. Yeah. And then at one point at one of those dates, um, I guess a friend sent it to Jonathan and Jonathan texted Renita and it was a picture of both of them in the booth, which was creepy as fuck. Why? Um... Because it's it was from right behind them. They were in the same like cafe or wherever they were restaurant, and for someone to send you a picture of like, like Jonathan wasn't physically there. It was one of his friends. Right. Like that's just weird. But like, what, what do you think Jonathan was attempted to signal there? Um, that he had eyes everywhere. Yeah, and I I think it was a power. Yeah. I I think it was a power dynamic to let her know. That the only decision about when this relationship ends is, is mine. Yeah. Um, and so you don't get to tell me that we're no longer together. I tell you when this is over and it's not over, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, push. They continue to go through this back and forth. Um, Jonathan attempting to put his reach and power over her. 
Um, and so eventually it all comes to a head, I think on April the 12th or April the 16th, 2018, right? Am I missing anything in between before we move to that part? Uh, no, I think that was the last thing of the documentary before everything went down. Yeah. So April the 12th, 2018, what we see in the documentary, or at least, um, well, it's not t technically a documentary. You know how ID do there. They take liberal construction. Reenactments. And reenactments and stuff like that. But on April 12, 2018, purportedly, um, Renita sends her children to school. It was a school day. It was around 10 a.m. Yep. Um, and all of a sudden. Banging on the door. Jonathan comes in. His name is Jonathan Ray. Jonathan comes banging on the door. She basically tells um to leave to leave you shouldn't be here yeah. blah 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 um he basically is like nah i'm coming in and he kicks it over yeah right um now with his confession you don't get all that all you get from him is he kicks the door in but yeah that's the clarity he basically pushes his way in because he controls the situation right um and so then what happens um so he comes in and then renita's like um leave like you shouldn't be here whatever he it looks like he left but then so she closes the door and that's when he kicked the door in yeah, yeah so yeah. he was banging on the door and then renita was like no you you know you can't you shouldn't be here like leave this and that we're over and it sounds like he left and then he comes back kicks the door in and has an ak-47 no but he, he that's after so remember, according to the documentary or the, the show, he kicks the door and comes in, tells her what's going on while you put that post. Oh. And she's like, leave. She was like, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm going to leave. He goes out. Then he goes back and comes in with the AK-47. Okay, yeah. Yeah, right? And Renita's mom and his br her, br her brother is there. Renita's mom was in like the kitchen and her brother was with Renita in the living room. Right. According to the, the show. show, yeah, the confession he says it totally different. He doesn't know where the mom is. He knows he didn't know it that she the was room. there. It started yeah. in the bedroom, bedroom. Um, and the brother was apparently hiding in the closet. Yeah, is what he says in his confession. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Yeah. but what I don't think any of those facts matter. The bottom line is there's three individuals in that house: yeah. the mom, Renita, and the brother. Right. Yeah. So when Renita's mom sees that he has a gun, she's like, "I'm gonna call the cops." This and that. So she like runs. Or she like starts to um, run out the house, right? And he shoots, but misses. Right. It like flew by her ear. Um, so she runs to the neighbors, calls the cops and everything. And he's just going crazy. He's like going live and apologize to. He wanted an apology to Sharika. And um, you want to take it from there? Sure. He basically is demanding that Sharika goes on live. She can't go on live because. She's, She's been blocked yeah. for banned. banned or yeah, banned for that moment. Uh, she can't go in, so he forces her to go on her brother's live, right? And to apologize. And if you Google it, you'll see the video, the actual video. Um, and so he's basically said, You should apologize. Why did you do this? Blah blah blah. I keep telling you, you want to be famous, B I T C H. I'm gonna make you famous, these types of things, right? Yeah. And you see him t in the video, you literally see him towering over her back and forth. As she's on the floor, yeah, uh, making this video. Now, prior to her beginning the video, he shoots her in the leg so that she can't move. So that's why she was on the floor. Correct. So he shoots her with the AK-7 in the um, in the leg. Police are, are arriving, and he basically gets into a shootout with the police, right? Um, and it goes on it 
I think for hours, um, the standoff between them. Yeah. Right. Um, and so he called Sharika and basically said, go on live. Yeah. You're about to get the apology that you deserve. She's about to apologize. Boom, boom, boom. Um, and so Sharika apparently, I'm assuming goes on Facebook yeah, to look at this. It. Right. Um, and so it goes on, keep shooting, keep shooting. The police are being pushed further and further away from the house because he is shooting with an AK-47. Yeah. Like, AK-47 go through concrete. And at this point, the police is, like, surrounding the whole house. Right. Like, right. Uh, yeah. Um, and so at this point, I think Jonathan is at a point of no return um, in regards to the fact that he had set in his mind, I think, and we'll talk about his confession in a moment, he set in his mind what he was planning to do. Yeah. Right? Um, and so ultimately, at the end of the day, he kills her on Facebook Live. Yeah. I think he she was shot four times. Yeah. Um, and on the documentary, it shows that once he... Was it the first time he shot her? Mm-hmm. That the brother runs out? No. It's at the, after. It's towards the end. Towards once the he, end. Start, he he shoots her, he realizes, he realizes there's nothing I can do. There's no way out. Yeah. And so he attempts to escape, which he does. But yeah. in the process of him attempting to escape, this guy is shooting at him. Right? Yeah. Um, and so... We had a young, vibrant individual who was doing her own thing, got her own business, had three beautiful children, um, and was a, for all intents and purposes, a socialite yeah. in that area, right? Uh, and she had her life snuffed away by this, I'm just going to call him a fucking idiot. I don't know what other word to use. Psychopath. From Jonathan Robinson, right? Yeah. All right, so... That is the gist of that relationship, and that's how that relationship concludes. But he gives a tape confession, and what you hear on the tape confession is that the police says you're under arrest. They gave him his Miranda rights for second-degree murder. What does he say? He says that um, he's like, no, I should be getting first degree. I think I wrote down exactly what he said. He says that he should be charged with first-degree murder instead of second-degree because he knew exactly what he was doing. He planned it. Yeah, he planned to go and kill her. Um, He knew that day. He said he woke up that day. He knew he was going to kill her, mm -hmm. right? Now, when you listen to this, it's about... uh, 30 minutes. About, yeah, 30, 30 minutes of him giving his confession. And you understand from this confession, at least from his point of view... That ultimately, he made it in his mind to snuff out this person's life because of a Facebook catfight, is what yeah. I'm going to call it, between Sharika and Renita. And I think we missed something from the show that what? I think was important. Um, at the end, so when he gets like his sentencing and everything, it's life in prison plus uh, 100 years. And they were trying to get the death penalty. Right. But the family was like, Sharik, or Renita's family, or at least her mom, she was like, I, she was opposed to it. She didn't want, she didn't believe in like death or anything or like killing anyone. Mm-hmm. But she wanted him to like brought in prison. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say all that at the end, but that's oh, fine. You can okay. say that. I, I do think that's important. I think that shows the incredible strength of her mom. Her name is Anita Williams. Yeah. Um, that. To, to to have to deal with the the loss of your daughter, right? And some of her son as well. 
because oh her no she didn't lose her son i know but, but i'm talking about she like, lost him his um his vibrantness because of what he witnessed he kind of uh, according to them he kind of died too internally yeah. um seeing his sister um be killed like that in person um and based upon someone who purportedly was like a father father figure in these three individuals her do- her kids lives now what what shocks me and what it irritates me particularly is that had those children been there it could have resulted to even worse in regards to the children yeah because i don't think he was in a frame of mind to be concerned about anything because when he gave his confession he says he didn't know the mother was there but he heard her voice and he got it irritated he just started shooting yeah. right um and so it's like how can you be so callous and have such disregard for someone's life and these types of things happen in toxic relationships it may not go to the extreme of killing but you prick away and you chip away at the the spirit of individuals each and every day when you're going through these types of things right yeah all right so and his whole point of doing this was he said he needs to protect sharika because she was unstable she was that's unstable when shit. we that's when we learn about that she according to him that she was unstable and had mental illnesses and was suicidal and couldn't take much and, yeah and what renita did like really set her off this and that mm-hmm. um and what but i what i mean about that is the whole video on facebook um when it from what we saw sharika was the one that did it first i mean yeah they were they were antagonizing each yeah. other like. so i'm like if you have the balls to do all that then yeah grow up like grow the fuck up yeah you're talking about sharika yeah yeah um and the thing is what also irritated me in this confession is that he says that him and sharika got into it um maybe three to four days before the murder right he basically leaves the house in houston um and they get into it because of allegedly this video that renita goes on live and do yeah or does um and so then he drives to Houston, I mean, Shreveport. And according to him, him and Renita still get into relations that day. They like slept or that weekend. that Friday, yeah. And Saturday, according to him, yeah. right? Went out to a party. They both were there, right? And then the next day on Sunday, he wakes up with this epitome that he wants to kill her, right? And have a shootout with the police, right? Um, and it... it it baffles me a that Sharika was able to talk him out of talk him into coming out the house right and uh like Sharika knew he t- exactly he told her before on that su- or that same day because it, it, it couldn't have been on a Sunday because they had school so it was like oh on yeah Monday. Monday yeah yeah sorry um or Tuesday whatever day yeah but the, she, knew she knew ahead of time what he was planning on doing because yeah. he told her you don't have to worry about I'm tired of people taking advantage of you and making you laughing at you. You don't have to worry about that. I'm going to protect you. And she was like, he was basically saying that um, Sharika asked him, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to kill Nunu. Yeah. So, and Sharika apparently does nothing with that information, even though she knows that someone's life is in danger. He says that she thought that he was lying or she, he was just playing this and that. Um, but I'm like, at the, at the end of it, right before he shot her, like he called you. Right. And you were like, what are you doing? He was like, don't worry about it. Right. Um, like, and, and, and when you hear the tape, you hear him kind of crying. But I feel like he's more concerned about the well-being of Sharika. Yeah, not the, the fact time. that he snuffed up someone's life inappropriately. Yeah. Right? Um, and it, it, I don't know, it just irritated me. And for her to go on Facebook Live 
for him to call Sharika in the midst of the crime and her, at least we don't see anything or hear anything, and her not do anything with that, it's baffling. I mean, yeah. it's very, I don't know, it is um, annoying. And so then that is another issue, I think, in regards to toxicity in relationship is that let's assume for the sake of argument that she does have mental, she does have, um, he called her unstable. Yeah. Right? And she she can't she he says she's not as strong as Renita. And the only way that he could help her is to remove Renita because that relationship or that those two interaction would no longer be a threat to his interaction with Sharika, yeah. basically, right? But uh, that issue of her having mental or un, 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 being in, unstable, I also think that was a power grab for her. Um, in the sense that she knew that this was something um, that she had control over him on because she knew that he was more concerned and caring about her mental state and what other people was thinking about her. Yeah. Do you disagree with that? No, you're right. Yeah. And, 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 and that goes also back, I think, to the whole putting your relationship out on blast on social media because people... They're not. Sometimes it's just not healthy for you. Um, In this case, it was definitely not healthy because everyone knew that they were that he was seeing both of them. Right. It wasn't a secret. Like at the club, like some girl was like, "Oh, isn't she talking about Renita? Isn't she like the side piece?" Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And then that's Renita. Like went off. But it's like that. In that regards, yes. Like, don't be putting your shit out there. Like. If you both know about each other, then leave it at that. Yeah. Like, why is there so much tension? And yeah, Renita tried to like end it, but it's also like on his crazy ass. Like, yeah, it's mostly on his crazy ass. Like, you, if she ended it, you should have just left it at that. Yeah. Um, and it's like, bro, all of this could have been avoided had you been man enough. And I'm just going to use this word um, because some of the the commentary or the commenters in the documentary were saying that Renita was attacking his manhood and I'm like that isn't a justification for you to go and behave the way you are you did if you want to show that you are a true man you honor the wishes of that particular person Renita said that she wanted to exactly. end it end it honor that and if you all were to get together thereafter so be it you all can do that in a mutual time and space um but you don't get to um basically be the the judge the executioner and the jury you don't get to judge jury yeah it's yeah. like it, it it was so frustrating yeah um to see this particular situation um unfold um and you know you have to you have to hear and look and know and recognize the signs early on of, of people being toxic and I'm not saying that you have to, again, I'm not Dr. Phil. I don't really like your show anyway. But <laughs> um, I do think you have to realize what you can take, what you can accept, what you are okay with. If you're okay with someone giving you 40% or 20% on themselves or 30% on themselves, then you'd be okay with that. But you need to understand that's all you're getting. Yeah. If you want equity or you want equality or you want someone to be able to give you that 50-50, which I don't think there's ever going to be 50-50 in any relationship, but putting that aside, <laughs> if you want that, you have to be willing to not accept less, right? Um, 
And I also think I know I've been talking a lot. Sorry. I also think this is you can't shape and mold people, right? At all. People are who they are. They can improve, and you can be a vessel to help them improve. But it requires them to want to improve yeah. and use whatever you can provide to them as tools to get there, right? But when people start thinking about, oh, they could change, I could change them, and this, that, and that, you can't do that. Yeah. It's just not something that you can do. Um, but yeah, so anything else we're missing about that particular no, I feel um, like we covered it all. topic? Um, yeah, it, it's just unfortunate for those of you who want to see the documentary. It's on uh, or the the show is Webalize the investigatory or the investigation discovery channel ID channel, and it's called um, Social Murder Goes Live. Yeah, Murder Goes Live or something. Facebook Live. Yeah, whatever. Um, and unfortunately, there is actual the video of the murder full and full view is actually out on the web i did not watch it i couldn't bring myself to watch it because i felt like i would be participating in toxicity by by doing that um so yeah um but you know to the family to to the williams family i do if anyone out there knows them or listen if any of them listen i um give my condolences to you to the loss of your 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 loved one it's unfortunately that um you know, we have to sit here and talk about her in the past tense, right? Exactly. Should be yeah. talking about her, what she, what she's doing now, and things of that nature. But he is in jail, uh, life without the possibility of parole, uh, plus a hundred and. And he's gonna rot there. It was just a hundred years. Uh, plus a hundred years. Yeah. Um, basically means he's never gonna get out, which is great. Excellent. In my opinion. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. So that is the episode for today. Um, I am Sean. Thank you all for being out here with us. We greatly appreciate it. I want to thank Christian for being there. Christian, you want to say some last words out there? Goodbye. That's it? That's it. Like, no kind of like... Um, you always expect like a grand exam. Like, no, I mean, goodbye. you need to be happy. Like, see y'all It later. was a great... I mean, I'll see you guys on the next episode. All I'm right. not going anywhere. All right. Until next time, continue to drink, listen, and converse. Peace and love. All right.